Hello and welcome back to For Love of Franchise, where we dissect many of Hollywood's cash cows, basically. <laughs> uh, joining me as always is Paul. You know I mean? Hello. Yep. Good. Good. We're yeah. getting getting on top of this now. We're we're getting through them. Um, not waiting until the end of the month either. We both watched this quite early on, so yeah. we're we're going to get it out there for you. So we're yeah we're on to my, my final one for now as as anchor of uh, the Dirty Harry franchise and 1988's The Deadpool, um, which uh, of course was Warner Brothers and infamously at the time I remember was famous for the fact that um I believe it was the first film to show the teaser trailers for the new Batman movie at the time. Yeah 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 it would have been it would have been exactly the right um, time wouldn't it? Yeah because yeah and if memory serves the story come out of the states was that people were buying tickets for for the Deadpool, watching the trailer and then going. <laughs> oh, I'm mental, and I don't. I remember hearing. That, look, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know it these days, but I swear to God, I went to see Batman in the cinemas, and I would have only been five at the time. But yeah, because in fact, because I didn't go much as a kid, and so I started working. Funny enough, so '89 was about the time I started going to the cinema quite regularly, and, and Batman was one of the first movies I saw on the big screen. It, since I yeah. was a kid, um, that year I think was um, uh, indie as well, wasn't it? I think that same year. Yeah, and yeah, and I think this came out the the, the previous year. Um, and as, as was the one back then, they would have some of the teaser trailers and, and initial trailers tagged to movies. Still do it now, of course, but it, but you can see them anywhere now. So yeah, even if it, even if you know it's attached to a film, you kind yeah. of know that within a. A day or so, it's going to be online somewhere. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I say we're, we're still in the, the 80s and we're in the back end of the 80s, of course. And I thought it's a, you can tell that from the film, it's a very different feel from the previous one. Yeah, you know, I, uh, my first note was, oh, even more 80s than, yeah. the, than the previous one. Because we, we'd mentioned there was a noticeable difference in the, in the last one compared to the, yeah. the first few. But this is yeah, this is even more so. Because yeah, that last one, of course, suddenly it came out at around the time the video nasties and the video recordings acting. It was very grimy and, and yeah. dirty. And, whereas this was for me a much more popcorn film and a much lighter film. And in fact, because it's on the back end, of course, of the likes of Lethal Weapon and Die Hard were all around the same time. Yeah, this is definitely a pop culture film, and we'll we'll dive into yeah. the many reasons yeah. why it is as well. Yeah, it's definitely veers closer to the action thriller element, doesn't it, than the previous one did? Yeah. Um, of course, we get that nice Larry Schifrin music at the start again. He's, he's the perfect man for these movies. I think the scores were great. Yeah. And and I love that we we yeah again the film opens with. With, with Harry being involved with the mafia, <laughs> uh, and it, it really does set its stall up quite early. He's, it, it, we kind of set him up as a different character to begin with, don't they? They, they kind of, oh, he's doing all right now. He's getting getting yeah. on with things, and he's he's not so bad. And then it just goes downhill from there. <laughs> yeah. Um... It was interesting. As just on the note, I, I didn't recognise the director's name on this. So I wonder whether he'd um, written anything else. I'd written that, but of course, I didn't go and have a look. <laughs> so that's my homework for afterwards. Um, but yeah, because of course, he wasn't directed by Clint. He was back to to his acting in this. Uh, 
Yeah, so the, there's a lot thrown at Harry again early on. It's, like he's ambushed again early on in the film as well. <laughs> yeah. It just always seems to be somebody coming for him, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, so um, I've just looked him up. So it's Buddy Van Horn. Um, he was Buddy. more... He was more well known as a stunt coordinator. That's probably where I know the name from, yeah. Um, but he did direct another two Eastwood films. He'd actually already directed him in any which way you can at this point. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah. then he directed him again the following year in Pink Cadillac. And he was actually uh, Clint He was Clint Stunt Double. Uh, um yeah. for 40 years. Wow, there you go. He was his yeah. stunt double from 1972. Until 2011. Wow, that's amazing. That's so he'd, he'd actually, he was the second unit director on Magnum Force as well. Simping Cadillac. Um, in memory serves, it didn't even get a cinema release over here. It was one at yeah. the eye of straight to VHS. And he only um, died just coming up two, uh, three years ago. He was 92 when he died. Wow. So there we go. There we go. So he did make a couple more. Great name as well. Oh, that reminds me a little bit of um, Jack Nicholson in um, which is Eastwood. He was a bad yeah. one, wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen that film as well. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, another trope, and I suppose we should say as well, because it comes up through the credits. This is a uh, notable for early uh, appearances from Liam Neeson and, and Jim or James Carey. <laughs> as he's in the credits. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about some other other cameos in a bit. Um, because really, Jim Carrey's is a cameo. He's in it. I yeah. I was amazed that he was killed off so quickly. Um, five, he's only in about five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Because I saw it on VHS years ago. I think I don't think I saw it at the cinema. Um, and uh, yeah, I just forgot how, how brief actually his part really is in it. Yeah. Uh, and. and I'd written down initially that he's doing terrible licks, lip sync, and I had to write terrible lip sync well, of course, because that was the whole point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that kind of kicks off the, the the cameos that I was talking about. This it's the first first appearance of Guns and Roses in this film um, <laughs> during the Satanic Ritual. Then the band themselves appear later on in the film. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's quite starting to see Nisha in this because I say this is very because what I think he. He'd been knocking around since the early 80s, certainly, hadn't he, in movies, because he was in um, Kral, was, I think, about 1983. Yeah. Which he was in, and he was in one or two others. But, of course, this is probably the start of his of his era coming in as, as a leading man after this, because the early 90s, he was getting lead stuff, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, um, so he'd been, in, he'd been in a few films before this. He'd been in Excalibur. Yeah, of course he was in Excalibur. Uh, the Bounty and The Mission. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then this came along. Yeah, uh, and I, I'd written down here. <laughs> I'd written down here at one point at the bottom of the page as the film goes on. He sounds like Paul. <laughs> it's this weird sort of... the, the accent is appalling, um, and it's no wonder he gave up doing accents because yeah. he, he, as even as Quigon, he still has an Irish accent. <laughs> he did. Yes. He didn't try to get rid of it by that point, and everything he yeah. does now, he does not try to hide the accent. Yeah. Just went full Connery, didn't he? Yeah, just like I don't care where I'm from, I have got an Irish accent. I'm a Jedi. I've got an Irish accent. I, I'm a homicidal yeah. maniac. I've got an Irish accent. I'm a mystical being. 
in the DC universe. Oh, he's got an Irish accent as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mind your ground. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I read. I was just watching, thinking, which part of London is he from? The Estuary area, or is he? <laughs> uh, I, and also, I have to point out the dreadful ponytail. Yes, yes. It <laughs> remind it reminds me of the episode of Only Fools and Horses when Rodney puts on the clip-on ponytail that Cassandra <laughs> thinks is a rat. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it just, it just doesn't work at all, doesn't it? It sort of makes him look like he's really sort of hip movie director. And it, oh, I just, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that to me is one of the most notable things that the film is like, one of those one or two early appearances. Yeah. Uh, I remember at the time as well. <coughs> um, there are some uh, interesting deaths. I mean, Carrie's death is, is quite brutal early on, isn't it? And he sort of yeah. With the, um, any of the other ones stand out for you? Um, no, there's a couple that I thought were going to be deaths and then weren't. His partner survives. Yes, yeah, I'd written down. I'd written, in fact, I'd written down early on in the film. New partner time. Uh oh. Yeah, and I even wrote down, "Oh God, this is another one." And then I went, "Oh no, he survived." Yeah, and of course, as well, Harry references it again in this film. They don't tend to do very well, do they? Yeah. <laughs> Hospital or dead. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but I also also noted that I thought they were going to kill the love interest off quite quickly. Yeah. And, and then she survived as well, which... Yeah, yeah the reporter, yeah. Um... <laughs> I love that bit where, where he, sort of, he takes that camera and just slings it. Oh, it's just hilarious. It's just typical Harry. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and it does. It, this is the slow morphing of of Clint into the character that we know mm. these days. There's a there's a growl to the performance in this one. Yeah, <coughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen people say it online in places they kind of picture the guy out of Gran Torino as like a retired Dirty Harry. Yeah, pretty much. That is pretty much what it is, and and, and you can see it starting in this film. Yeah. Yeah, and he just gets more and more irascible. And then... yeah, <laughs> uh, what else do we throw in there? I don't think out of this one. Uh, your shit of luck quote comes out of this one as well. I think it's a great yeah. little one. Yeah, yeah, but I, the the other one I've got was a uh, <laughs> cancel your ass like a stamp was another one that <laughs> I quite liked. <laughs> yeah, he just he does a couple of corkers in this one. Um... Uh, other thing I, I liked, I'd written down here that was good. And here's the street crime scene again. At least they keep that up in every film where there's a completely where you think disconnected street crime in this instance, it's not as it turns out. Yeah. Um, that because of course one of the victims was carrying the dead pole list, which was I think was his account, the director's accountant or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but there always seems to be that that they have that street crime moment just to remind you what Harry's day job is. Yeah. Uh, although they're not necessarily on the, in his department's remit. He just happens to be the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Usually. <laughs> um, <coughs> the other one, 
that's another great little moment that makes me laugh. I think we were talking about about his love interest, uh, and and they go out for dinner, and of course then he's getting suspicious looks off those two guys in the bar. Yeah, <laughs> they turn out to be autograph hunters. Yeah, they, he beats the snot out of them until <laughs> until yeah. they go, no, no, we want autographs. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just uh, <laughs> I just I mean, I mean, you and Ash back in the day. <laughs> yeah, pre- pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> get getting accosted by you by the stalk whoever you're stalking. <laughs> but yeah, it's a great little moment, and, and, and the oh shit, a realization in his face that they weren't criminals at all. Yeah, <laughs> but then, of course that scene, then he's tagged by the one guy saying he's gonna go and change his shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. himself. <laughs> oh, it's funny. I, I did want to bring up. We've mentioned throughout these films that San Francisco is is kind of a character in, in these films. Mm. This one, not so much. It's not until about an hour in that you actually know that it's San Francisco. No, this time they don't really show it like they have done in in previous films. Yeah, I mean, there's a. See, well, there's a lot of interiors in this, isn't there? Especially with the, yeah. with the filmmaking stuff, I guess, as well. Um, and the bits of, of Frisco we do see are sort of like uh, dockyards and stuff like that again, isn't it? So we don't see a lot of the city. Yeah. Yeah. Except, in, uh, except with what I was going to say, of course, was um, probably the thing that the film is most known for. Um and I love it. I think it's a really great, but it's one of the most ridiculous car chases ever on the street. <laughs> it's really clever, though. It is it's clever. Cre- it's, it's, it's both ludicrous and brilliant. It's just <laughs> the, yeah. the way they do it. Um, yeah. And I love the setup for it as well. We're talking about the deaths, of course. When um, one of the victims, of course, that he tests out on first, who gets blown up by the little remote control car. Um, and I love how that pays off then with with Harry later on when yeah. the killer goes to him and his partner how he, he just about realises the connection between the the car and the bomb yeah the little wheel um, and, and he's but, but the whole scene leading up to that is just fantastic starting from the kid with his dodgy remote control and then but it's just how the guy the, the, the killer sort of managed to drive a car and <laughs> Controller remote one without crashing himself. Yeah, yeah, it's it's unbelievable the, the fact that he is doing kind of both at the same time. <laughs> it, it's ludicrous, but it it works. And as I say, I I thought it was incredibly clever to yeah, kind of you. kind of turn it on its head a little bit. Yeah, and 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 the the film is like I say, it, it's. It feels much more like a, a lack, back eighties crime thriller, yeah, buddy film kind of film, because um, there's just peppered with these little moments. Because the other one, is, of course, is where he's he's out with his partner, sort of jogging, and then spots the, the two guys in the car following him. Yeah. Um, oh, it turns out, of course, are mafia bodyguards for him. <laughs> yeah, that that's what I I broke down. It's just just hilarious that Harry needs bodyguards. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just the whole setup of that in the prison with the random guy that he gives the cigarettes to. Yeah. <laughs> so he's going to be his postman. Um, and, and, the, and the crime boss, his face is just an absolute picture. And the fact that he has to set two of his guys up as bodyguards for Harry is just absolute genius. Yeah. 
And of course, Kenny, like he, he used to beat them up, of course, as well, he, with his ask question second sort of nature about the world. Uh, <laughs> uh, something else I wanted to mention as well. Um, we, we mentioned the fact that this part and he just gets hospitalized in this one, uh, which is a relief because I really like him actually as a character and the actor because I remember him also being in, I knew him before this from um, V. Yes. He was, um, what was he, the, the sang guy for, um, for the other guys? Oh, I can't, oh, shit, it's been so long since I watched V now. Um, you know the character, two characters I'm on about. Yeah. Um, and, and he's part of that, that the reporting team, isn't he? The start. That's where I first knew him from. I don't think I'd actually seen him in a lot else then before the Deadpool. Um, but yeah, but he's just a great little character. But he's got his sort of martial arts experience and background as well. Yeah. Um, when he takes down that one perp in the street, uh, I think even Harry's both surprised and impressed in, in equal measure, isn't he, by that? Yeah, yeah, and it, I was just looking him looking him up because, as you say, he is fairly recognisable. <laughs> but his character name in V was Tony Wa Chong Leonetti. Tony Leonetti, yeah. <laughs> Tony, that's right, yeah. That's been so long since I watched that. I need to watch that again now as well. <laughs> uh, um, other other great little funny moments in the start. Uh, the bit where he nicks his governor's car. Yeah. He just leaves him standing. And he's like, that's my car. <laughs> <laughs> and he pulls and off and breaks off the... <laughs> he breaks off the radio. Yeah. And kind of waves at him, waves at him as he drives off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just, it's just, oh, it's absolute genius. And I say, I think this, this is, it's a much more fun film than the previous one. Yeah. Um, it, it's that, it's that other eighties thriller vibe to this one completely. Like we say, we had sort of um, going back, I suppose. And I wonder whether it was a blueprint Beverly Hills Cop, of course, and the second one as well, would have been before this. I think. Um, Beverly Hills Cop was 85, and I think the second one was 87 or something like that. So, yeah, there, there's definitely yeah. a template uh, at this this point in, in time when it comes to movies. And I said, even the end of it feels yeah. a little Batman-like, kind of moving yeah. in the shadows and, and things like that. There's definitely a, a, a feeling that Warner Brothers certainly had a way of shooting films at that point. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think I'd written down, of course, around the same time as that's my course. You'd already mentioned it was Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. <laughs> that must have been, that must have been around the time that song came out then, presumably. Yeah. Yeah. As I say, the, the whole band is in this film. Um, mm. um, we'll talk, talk about Slash in a minute, but and he's so recognisable. Because he refuses to take that stupid hat off, that yeah. he's easy to pick out. But the rest of the band are actually in the funeral scene as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, but as I say, Slash, there's a moment with with Slash during the film, um, and the the final weapon is what he was using earlier in the film. Um, that was one of my final notes. Was he's used Slash's harpoon at the end? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in fact, that's the note next night I got written down after one to the jungle was the harpoon with a, with a log. It's just it's so 
Yeah. Uh, it, it's just get, the the way he offs his villain just gets gradually more crazy, doesn't it, with each film? <laughs> yeah, and then he just walks off into the sunset, like yeah. nothing has happened, and and that's it. That's that's the end of of Harry. But um, yeah, yeah, just yeah, uh, I, it's yeah, got I'd, more ridiculous. I'd written down there that we we got the usual helicopter fly away. Well, they all kind of end that same way, don't they? Yeah, with the, with the helicopter fly off. Yeah. Um, so again, that's another kind of trademark of that franchise, I think, the way that they finish them. The previous one as well, they fly, they pull back and fly back from the um, yeah, from the theme park, don't they? So, so at least it was consistent with that, despite all the different directors that they all went with the final sort of closing shots. So I guess yeah. all that came from the production end. Yeah, I, I would imagine so. It was probably something that was was dictated to them. I would would imagine that mm. after a couple, they kind of went, oh, maybe we probably should end like that. For, mm. for everyone um yeah. and it, and it's interesting because it does in some ways it feels like the end but in some ways it feels like they still could have kept going that yes. there was there yeah. was still more there um at that mm. point but obviously Clint Clint was starting to go down a different route by this point as well he was starting starting to do some comedies and and things like that wasn't he by by this yeah, point. yeah I think, I think I'd like to come out in the following year was it was it yeah. a comedy yeah, um, um, and of course he was starting to up, up his more serious directing side as well. Yeah, and we're we're about four years out from Unforgiven at this point. Yeah, um, um, and then into into the nineties he did he did sort of one or two thrillers, uh, things like In the Line of Fire, so sort of more quote unquote serious thrillers. Yeah, yeah, he was kind of differentiating differentiating between his roles, wasn't he? Um, one he made with Gene Ackman is there about the president or something like that. It's, yeah, yeah, it's been. I, know, a, I think what it's called, but so in the line of fire from the nineties was was one of his standouts from his later stuff. Um, but I, I I think in some ways it was probably a, a good place to end it. Yeah, it it certainly picked up more than the the last one did. It was certainly yeah. in a better place at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I mean, they, they were a product of the two decades. I think those those films very much. You, you you wouldn't make them quite like that now. I don't think that those, any of those films probably like they are now. Um, but that, that, that's not to say it's a bad thing. I think, in fact, I think some franchises should learn. Other franchises should learn when to stop and never make another one. I mean, we see it now in, in some of the horror franchises where we're up to like Saw Eleven or whatever it is now. And yeah. Uh, the, Fast and the Furious is are up to eleven, and, and now they're talking about going back to basics with the next one, apparently, and making it more like the first couple that came out. Um, that didn't work and had more or less killed the franchise off. Yeah, um, and you do think sometimes some, they just need to learn. Sometimes with these franchises, when to stop them, and I think I wonder whether that was that Clint probably just said that's enough at yeah. this point. That's fair yeah. enough. Definitely. I, I, it's it's a decent one to end on. It, it's not brilliant, but it's fun. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's more fun, and I'll probably score higher than the last one, because it, it's just a more enjoyable film. It's a film I'd more likely sit down and watch again quickly than the previous one. Yeah, uh, definitely. And it is, as we said, it is a, it's a product of its time. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it fitted in, as you said, the following year, Batman. Indie. Back yeah. to the Future Two was the year after as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was very much a product of of that time, and there's nothing wrong with that. That that era of of 
movies of cinema it, it, it's still one of the best out there you you, you yeah. can't knock that era so it it fits right in in my opinion yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah so i mean i suppose just on on a wrap i would say yeah i, I enjoyed it i think it's, it's it's fun it's it's a more popcorn film than the previous one and probably a couple of the others um that's not a bad thing um if i was going to grab one off the shelf just to watch for a quick friday night it'd probably be that one um and score-wise, I probably, I think I scored the other one about last one at 70. I'd probably give this maybe probably a 78, 79. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably be slightly lower than that. I'd probably say 74, 75, so not much, not much lower. As I say, yeah. it is it's very much a product of its time. You put it up against those those films that I just mentioned from the following year, though, and it does, it it pales in comparison to, to those ones. But yeah. in, in general, over the... The franchise it certainly picks up, I would say above three and four. Yeah, for me, yeah. Um, definitely far more enjoyable. It was a far easier watch as well. Um, and as I say, some real classic, classic moments yeah. in it. And it's a real, as I say, it's a pop culture film. Yeah. yeah. When you think about who who's in it and and the cameos and the music and and stuff like that, there's there's definitely something to it. That's for sure. I suppose we should just spend a few seconds just talking about the franchise as a whole. Um, I think it's been an interesting one to revisit. It's it's a very much not franchise in the, in the conventional sense as we think of it with the sort of theme parks and merchandise, but but as a set of films, I think it's a, it's an interesting set of films. There's a distinct variety in quality, which kind of goes up and down as well, like we just said. Um, yeah. So the first, I know the first one. Critically and artistically is a really good film, well made. And we had slightly different takes on it. The, the second one is is just a proper ballsy, violent thriller, but but with a kind of a little bit of redemption there for Harry. That, that, that there are there are worse people to be coppers than him out there. Yeah. The, the, the third one had that really interesting dynamic with Tyne Daly's character, uh, made it more of a not a buddy comedy but a buddy thriller almost. Yeah. Um, even and then the fourth one, I say, dipped into that early eighties exploitation cinema, and and it's really grimy and it's an uncomfortable watch. And then we finish with the, with the most popcorny one of the of the, of the five, probably. Yeah. I mean, and as an overall franchise, I probably would give it probably the same sort of score, seventy eight, seventy nine across the, across the five films. They're they're not perfect, but they're entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, uh, I I agree. I would I would pop it in uh, around the same score, probably yeah. like a 76, 77. Yeah. Uh, I've really enjoyed watching it. I'm I'm a fan of what I've seen of Clint's. Yeah, I always always have been. Whether it be acting or directing, I'm not necessarily saying I'm a massive fan, and I can't say I've seen loads. Mm. Um, but you can't knock someone with a career like his. No. Um, he obviously was doing something right from the word word go, and a very varied career. When you look back over it as, as an actor and director and filmmaker, um, yeah, we say comedy. Some of his comedies haven't fared quite so well, um, but he's done action, he's done thrillers, he's done he even he, he did he's done romance, he's done World War Two, and what in fact one of my favourite of his is as I said is Where Eagles There, one of his earlier roles. Uh, yeah. He's done, he done a musical in Paint Your Wagon. Yeah. Um, so, 
when sadly the time comes for him to depart, he's going to have a great career for everybody to look back on. Yeah, um, and it, and it's still going. Yeah, and he's, he's, he's still refusing. Yeah, yeah. I think um, right, I suppose on that note, we should just briefly touch on where are we going next. Um, yep. First off, we we have plans to release a special follow up episode um, to just to finish off the um, Indiana Jones franchise. Um, but of course, our, our plan with that is to get Josh back to guest present because he he did the last ones, I believe. Yeah, um, that was his choice. When, when we can time down, and that will be for Dial of Destiny. When that will be, it'll be a case of we'll let you know, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Whenever we get a chance, he's currently in the process of sitting his first exams, um, yeah. which was the reason why why he left the show. So we've just got to fit it in once he's he's got the time. But in terms of our regular episodes, I guess that's over to you to tell us what's going to be coming next. It is. So it's a franchise that has recently been added to the Disney profile um, as part of the Fox deal. Um, I am going with Planet of the Apes, ah. the, the original films. Well, that's handy because I've got them on a box set on the shelf as well. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just saw it. I saw it on the on Disney Plus, and I thought, Do you know what? They're releasing an, another one from the new yes, set of films. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I thought I'm going to go back to the original. I'm going back to Charlton Heston. Yeah, there's there's five, isn't there? I think in that yeah. original front. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's going to be interesting. Good chat. That's going to be again. That's a very different sort of and sort of especially the first one, a more hard edge sort of sci-fi. So that's going to yeah. be interesting. Yeah, that's, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it's uh, but I watched them again recently about two years ago, so it's one of those franchises that can get back every couple of years. So that'd be good, yeah. Cool, cool, right? Well, on that note, that just leaves you for me to say thank you, mate. No um, worries, really enjoyed that. Something, something different again on the on the agenda. We we will see you all again either on our special indie episode or for our Planet of the Apes episode. Yep, all right? Good night. <laughs>